0: In yet another
1: twist, the FDA delays review of COVID vaccines for young kids. Republicans call for the end of the public health emergency and more consolidation in the value based care space. It's all coming up on today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily. It's Tuesday, February 15th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Last Friday, the Food and Drug Administration announced it would delay its review of the Pfizer and BioNTech COVID vaccine for kids under five. This just adds to the confusing saga on vaccines for 19 million of the youngest Americans. Pfizer was originally testing two mini-doses of its vaccine on kids, but then in December announced that that regimen wasn't eliciting a strong enough immune response in two, three, and four-year-olds. So the company said it would be testing a three-mini-dose regimen, with results expected in the spring. Then a few weeks ago, at the urging of federal regulators, Pfizer and BioNTech submitted data for their two-dose regimen, so the FDA could take the unusual step of reviewing it and potentially authorizing the initial shots ahead of data from the third shot. Then, late last week, Pfizer said that more recent data from January during the Omicron surge showed that the two mini-doses weren't sufficiently effective in preventing symptomatic infection. That's when FDA regulators decided to wait for data on the three-dose regimen before starting their review process. The data is expected in April at the earliest. This was a blow to many parents who have been anxiously awaiting shots for their young kids, although many pediatricians supported the agency's move. Meanwhile, fellow COVID vaccine maker Moderna plans to submit data to regulators in March on its vaccine in trials for kids 2 to 5 years old. In other vaccine news, an analysis from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention finds that efficacy against COVID infection in adults declined after four months, but that the current vaccines still offer significant protection, 78% against hospitalization and severe disease. The CDC now recommends adults get a three-dose regimen for best protection. More than 70 House Republicans are calling on President Biden to end the COVID-19 public health emergency designation that has been in place since early 2020. They argue that with widespread availability of vaccines and treatments, Americans shouldn't continue to live in a state of emergency. This follows announcements last week by several Democratic governors that school and indoor mask mandates will be lifted in the coming weeks. The public health emergency is currently set to end April 15th, though has been previously renewed several times over the course of the pandemic. But when the federal government lifts the emergency, several pandemic-era flexibilities will go away. For example, states will start reevaluating Medicaid eligibility. During the emergency, as a condition for extra-federal funding, states have paused reassessing Medicaid beneficiaries' eligibility. As a result of that, Medicaid rolls nationwide have grown to a record 76 million people. It's not exactly clear how many people could lose Medicaid coverage, but one Urban Institute projection is around 15 million people. It's not just individuals who would be making too much money to qualify, but also people that have moved or haven't updated other personal information. Most would likely qualify for subsidized insurance on the individual market, that is, if they know to enroll. Not only could these coverage redeterminations surprise enrollees, but this could cause the uninsured population to grow and leave hospitals with higher levels of uncompensated care. Dallas-based Signify Health, a value-based care platform, has announced plans to acquire Kansas City-based Caravan Health, which helps health systems and federally qualified health centers manage their accountable care organization arrangements for $250 million. Together, the companies say they'll create one of the largest networks of providers in risk-based payment models, with more than 3,000 health systems and physician practices and 10,000 primary care physicians, covering in total about half a million patients and managing about 10. billion in medical spend. The acquisition of Caravan will help Signify move from offering bundled payments for episodes of care to taking total cost-of-care arrangements. Signify, which went public about a year ago, has seen its value fall by more than 50%. Several other value-based care startups, especially those focusing on the lucrative Medicare Advantage market, like Clover Health and Bright Health, have also seen their valuations fall significantly over the last year. As these companies try and gain scale in order to remain competitive, it's likely that more consolidation is on the horizon. Taking a look at healthcare stocks, Oak Street Health, Moderna, and Novavax were all down about 11% at the close of the market Monday. The healthcare sector as a whole was down about 1%. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare.
2: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.